Longest Shortest Time is brought to you by Invitae. Your genes can tell you if you're 12% French or 6% Italian. They can also tell you a lot about your future health. When you take an Invitae genetic test, they search for meaningful health information, like whether you're at an increased risk for inherited cancer or heart disease. Based on your results, you may be able to take steps to potentially lower that risk. Learn more by visiting Invitae.com. That's I-N-V-I-T-A-E.com. Welcome back to the Longest Shortest Time podcast. This is our 10th episode. I'm Hillary Frank. Today's episode isn't so much a story as it is a conversation um, between me and my good friend Kristen. And um, in this conversation, Kristen winds up telling me something that she never told me before, a couple things actually, and you get to eavesdrop. I first met Kristen back when I lived in Philadelphia at a prenatal yoga class, and um, we bonded pretty quickly over being completely terrified of childbirth. And, you know, what happens in these prenatal yoga classes, and I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with this, um, you know, everyone in the class comes every week, and everyone grows and grows and grows. And eventually, you know, every week, the people that you've gotten to know just kind of drop off because they've had their babies and you never see them again. And so, you know, Kristen and I started off pretty small, and we grew and we grew and we grew until we were the biggest women in the class. And then I dropped off because I had my baby and and she was left there. And, you know, so she was checking in with me um, after the baby was born. She wanted to know how it all went. And um, I was like reluctant to tell her. I just, you know, like some of my greatest fears of childbirth came true. And I, and I just like, I didn't want to tell her like how hard it had been and, and how hard it still was. And um, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I wrote about this in my first blog post at longestshortesttime.com. But anyway, uh, I told her, you know, oh, you know, we'll talk about it after you have your baby. Um, but I think that the fact that I wouldn't tell her how things went scared her even more. So she just kind of begged me to tell her. And so I did. I, I told her, but I kind of held back a little bit because I didn't want to totally freak her out. Um but then, you know, she had her baby, um, a beautiful baby girl named Scarlett. And, and, you know, then we were able to talk really honestly again. And neither one of us was really, like, able to get out of the house because um, we were recovering. But we talked on the phone a lot. And we got, like, really super close really fast in a way that um, I think is only possible when you're going through the same crisis as somebody else at exactly the same time. So it's been a year since Kristen and I went through those hellish times, and um, it's been a while since we talked on the phone. Uh, So I thought it would be fun to call her up on Skype and remember those early days together. Hello? Hey. Hey, cool. (laughs) You hear me? Good. So um, a few things to know about me and Kristen before we jump into our conversation. Um, Our babies were born six weeks apart, and her birth process was remarkably similar to mine. Um, She had the meconium, um, her dilation got stalled, so she had to get Pitocin, which of course made her have the wild, out-of-control contractions. Um, The main differences between our labors, I think, are the fact that hers lasted much longer and ended in emergency C-section instead of episiotomy. 
Uh, we, we also had some similarities in breastfeeding. Um, she had low milk supply issues. So like me, she was nursing, pumping, and supplementing with formula all at the same time. Okay, so, so now we'll get back to our recorded conversation. I remember these phone calls from you that were just like, Hillary, just please like promise me it gets better. And that, and I wasn't necessarily far along enough to but, promise you to that. Say that. <laughs> to say that, you know, it's so funny, Hillary, because I have friends that have newborns right now and they are white knuckling me right now saying, promise me it gets better. And I'm sure you've had this experience where, you know, six weeks ahead, you can't say that, but six months, a year ahead, you can unequivocally say, yes, yeah. it gets better. <laughs> But six weeks ahead, no. I, I just remember you telling me about like, um, you would call me and be like, I've spent the entire day like sitting on the birth ball. That's right. That's right. So she started crying, I'd say one day and didn't stop for, I don't know, six or eight weeks. And the only thing that would calm her was bouncing on the Pilates ball, but in such a way that I didn't work on my core but just made my back break. And um, she sort of, I mean, what I realized later was, you know, got colic and was just incredibly uncomfortable. Now, at the time that you and I were talking, we didn't know that she had colic. I just thought she was an asshole. <laughs> so, so, so you really, you, you really just thought like, she's going to be an asshole. I mean, it was, it was not just the crying, like, and I think, I don't know if you remember, but like, she was just not a happy kid. And I was terrified that, you know, cause you see those kids, you do. I mean, I, you see them when you're walking around that, like that deeply <laughs> angsty two year old and you're like, geez, I mean, and you know, you know me, I'm, I'm the queen of, you know, if I have a paper cut, like I, I go 12 million steps ahead. Um, so so what, I, what, what were you picturing? I mean, I was picturing her with no friends at school being made fun of mercilessly because she was the crybaby. You know, I, I don't know if you're going to feel comfortable talking about this, but um, I remember one of the big things that you and I would talk about was um, just not feeling an instant bond because of all of the the crying. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's totally, it's, it's difficult to talk. I mean, nothing's off limits. It's difficult to talk about because I, I think I really have blocked that out because I can't even imagine that, you know, I mean, sitting here a year later and, you know, literally like holding myself back from eating her. I love her so much, you know, but yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, I think that there's that, you know, especially the first six weeks I'd say is, is so hard because there isn't, they don't have a personality. They don't. It was like the, the only personality you knew was, was that she was a screamer that she was a screamer that she was incredibly unhappy and my husband and I were a little bit like oh dear like what have we done you know like we have really we've really stepped in it kind of thing like, <laughs> what have we done but 
he had to go. He had to, to go on a business trip in Cuba. And I remember one night, you know, what, at three in the morning when I was so upset and I'm calling him like sobbing and being like, I, w- I want to give her to my sister. I want to give her to my sister. And I was serious. I mean, I really, really in that moment thought that if I offered my sister a monthly stipend, that it was a completely rational idea to give her my child. Oh my God. I mean, I had notions of, and I hope my sarcasm comes through because I'm such a good person and I'm a nice person, I'm going to have an easy birth, an easy child, um, easy time breastfeeding because of all of this karmic goodwill, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when none of that bore fruit, I think that it, it was so difficult. I mean, you know, the, I just remembered another thing that we talked about that I thought was so interesting, even back then, um, was that, like, I would talk to you about how, like, I I would blame myself a lot. And I think there was there was a time when I said to you, um, when you were going through some really hard stuff, and, and I said um, something about, like, how it wasn't your fault, you know, and, Uh and, and and like gave you some reasoning behind that. And, um, and you were like, you know what the difference is between you and me? Do you remember what you said? No. (laughs) You said, you said, um, the difference between you and me is that you blame yourself and I blame her. Oh God, that's horrible. But yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh my God. It's so messed up. Which like is maybe healthier. I don't know. I don't know. I think it like it's bitchier. Um, I mean, I know. Yeah. Oh man, that's messed up. But yeah, I think that that's right. So, so how old is she now? She just turned thirteen months this week. And is she an asshole? She is not an asshole at all. At all. She. I mean, she has her moments, but not asshole moments. But. She's a great kid. I mean, she's just, she literally does things to make Abe and I laugh. Like what? So she she started this a couple months back. But if we say make the face, she, oh, it's so cute. She like opens her mouth and like tilts her head back and goes like, <laughs> and and just it's, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it is the cutest thing ever and then she also um scrunches up her face like a pig and and like snorts <laughs> which we call piggy snort face of course and she she's fiercely fiercely independent i mean crazily so you know i put her in the playground and she runs you know just runs and keeps going and then every once in a while she'll look back look at me and run towards me for a hug and it's like i mean i'm getting teary just talking about it. I mean, it's just, I couldn't ask for better, you know? Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember coming over when you were still pregnant and Sasha oh. was just a few weeks old and oh. I was still on the air mattress? Oh, totally. And, and so you sort of saw what the I'm truth of the, things were like? Lie, that freaked me. <laughs> We've never talked about this. It was h- terrifying. Why? 
Well, because, I mean, I know you as an incredibly strong, vibrant person. And, I mean, you're a little bit laid out. Yeah. You know? And also, I think what freaked me out is it was like, oh, like, there's babies inside of us. And they have to come out. And seeing you, you know, like, go off the diving board. And I'm next. And I'm, oh, my God, I am not ready. But so did it, do you, do you wish that, do you wish you hadn't known before no. you had the baby? No, no, I, I, no, not at all. I mean, I think, no, not at all. Because also seeing you guys, I mean, there was another component that it was incredibly sweet. Like you and Jonathan and Sasha, like were incredibly in love. I mean, there was a very beautiful aspect to it, you know, um, of like this new little family and like. There is something, and I'm I'm sure I'm romanticizing it, but those first couple weeks, it is hard. But, like, I've never had that concentrated amount of time with Abe since, you know, for many years, you know, where it's just, like, four weeks of just Abe. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we imagined that it was going to be, like, you know, we were going to all go out for lunch together and like, and stuff like that. But, 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 but you're right. Like, still, we we had all that time together and God, yeah. you know, thank God we did. <laughs> um, and there is like something about like, you know, the baby's sleeping like, you know, in the bed and like, you're all sort of, you know, sleeping and then you're awake for a little bit and then you're sleep. you know, it's just, yeah. it's very like, it's very sweet. It's a love bubble, you know? And I think actually that's, that's why I invited you over that day. Cause it was like, you know, I knew you were kind of having your own freakouts about about yeah. childbirth and stuff, and and you know, Jonathan said, um, you know, maybe you should invite her over, and she can see, you know, what comes of that, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that that like what it's like when there's an actual little baby there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, and she was like, Sasha was so small, and oh my god, do you remember? <laughs> You were like, who does she look like? Because you both were so curious, which now I think she looks exactly like you. Uh But in the beginning, I was like, I I don't even know. Like, she looks like the tiniest. She looks like a baby. (laughs) She looks like a baby. Oh. Yeah, and she had a ton of hair. Just, oh, not as much as yours, though. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Did she she lose hers? She did, yeah. Yeah, so did Scarlett. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing. Like, Hillary, it's been a year. Isn't that crazy? It's totally crazy. No, I know. I can't believe it. I know. It, it's, it really, I mean, I think the name of your blog is so apt because it, tr- and it really was the longest, shortest time. But it is, like, I cannot believe. I mean, it really feels like it's gone by in an instant. It really, really does. Mm-hmm. I agree. Ugh. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Just kidding. Kristen is a painter living in Philadelphia. Pictures of her daughter Scarlett in her unhappy and happy days are at our blog, longestshortesttime.com. And check out this baby's hair. It is really a sight to behold. 
One more thing I want to add here, and I've said this to Kristen before, but I think that um, a big reason that we enjoyed talking to each other so much soon after our babies were born is that um, I kind of saw her as my past, and I think she kind of saw me as her future. You know, like I could look at her and realize that I was no longer at the same stage that she was at, um, that I had moved beyond it, and things were starting to get a little bit better, even if it was just a little better, I was starting to get a little bit better. And um, she could look at me and see that, like in her future, things would start to change. So I can't really stress how helpful I think it is if you're pregnant or recently gave birth to um, have a friend like Kristen who has a baby in close proximity to your baby's age. Also, um, that thing that Kristen said about how my husband and I were so curious to know who Sasha looked like, um, my husband Jonathan actually did a radio story about that for This American Life a couple months before Sasha was born. If you want to hear it, um, I've posted a link to it on the website. And as always, if you want me to consider interviewing you for this podcast about a struggle in early parenthood, go to longestshortesttime.com and click contact. I'm standing outside Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Inside, there are like a trillion objects, and I have to go in there and find ten. So we open a drawer here, and there's Indiana Jones's jacket and Indiana Jones's whip. What is this? Now Prince donated this guitar. <gasps> I'm Asif Manvi, and I am lost at the Smithsonian. Where do I begin? This place is obviously full of fascinating stuff. Fonzie's jacket, right. worn by Henry Winkler on Happy Days. There are 156 million objects in the Smithsonian's collections. Here are Muppets. These aren't just objects. They're pieces of America's self-identity. I'm looking at a, a robe with the name Muhammad Ali. Only 10 episodes, only 10 objects. That's pretty amazing. Lost of the Smithsonian is out now. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.